At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shh. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Haney. Uh, welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Hank Haney and Minnesota Tim Barachka. Minnesota Tim, how you doing? Hank, it is doing great here in the great state of Minnesota. We are recording on a, um, what is it, a Monday afternoon now? Yeah. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I just got in from outside. Here, he gave we, me a this, call. here comes the weather report. I can oh, tell it already. Oh my gosh, Hank. Oh, it's so beautiful. I just cannot believe how great it is here in the great state. It's supposed 70... to be 53 and raining tomorrow. Why are you focusing on the negative? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you the weather report. You always give me the weather report. I'm giving you the weather report. Yeah. Why, why aren't you giving the weather report today? What, what, what's, why, what do you have against today? What do you got? What do you got? Tell, tell me what you got. 73 degrees and sunny. That's pretty good. That's, that's what you call nice. I got a tan going on right now. <laughs> a, tan. a tan? What do you mean? A tan? What's that mean? It means you have a Are farmer's you out there tan. with no shirt on or what are you doing? Um, no. Have you, have you heard of a farmer's tan before? Of course I have. Okay. Well, there's some people that haven't. I've got a farmer's tan going on right now. Okay. Arms are tan and, uh, do you, have, you got you sporting shorts or not? Yeah, I got shorts on. Yeah. Okay. Did you go for a run today? I didn't go for a run. I went for several walks. Several walks. What's the weather like in Scottsdale? Uh, that would be a hundred. Oh, Beautiful out. Just gotta beautiful. be kidding me. No, beautiful. Uh, dry heat. Mm, man. Dry heat. This uh, this is a warm, warm week for sure. It's supposed to be 100 every day. Maybe 102, maybe 105 one day. Uh, very early for this kind of weather, for sure. But it's this is not like a Minnesota uh, heat. This is a dry heat. You're talking very, very low humidity. And it does not, uh, and I know this sounds crazy, but it does not feel bad out. It just doesn't. I mean, when it's 100 here, it feels like it's okay. 
I mean, it's not perfect. It's a little warm, but it's not like terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you got, you know what you got right now for humidity right here? What's that? 8%. Mm. Eight. Eight. Count it. Eight. But you need a little humidity in there. Well, you, you don't you don't need it. I mean, it's sometimes it feels okay. Doesn't feel good when it's ninety and humid. No, you want a little That's in between. Sure. You want a little in between. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got a little in between. All right. So, so this is a good day for golfing out at Shadowbrook. Did you go? I didn't go today. I went. Uh, I went on Friday last week to Uncle Tom Shadowbrook Golf Course. Uncle Tom Shadowbrook Golf Course, world famous holes. Yeah, in Hollywood is it? Where is it? What's the town's that in? It's townshiped. That's in Leicester Prairie. Leicester Prairie? Yeah, that's a town. It's a city. It's outside of Leicester Prairie. Just outside of Leicester Prairie. Okay. How far is that from uh, Hollywood Township where you live? About 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, and what, you played the other day. How did you do? Did you, oh, did you, man. What, what did, you, did you hit the ball good? Oh, Hank. There's, there's flushing it. Flushing it. Okay. <laughs> and then there's what I okay. did. Oh my gosh! I was beyond beyond flushing, flushing it. it huh? Oh, I was beyond flushing. I I've never hit my drive so well ever in my entire life. Well, it's because you got a, some decent clubs now. Yep, I only had one three putt through the entire round. All oh. right, you're keeping track of that. That's good. Yep. I like that. But if we're gonna be honest here, my iron game outside of seventy five yards is hot garbage. Were you slicing your driver? No, I wasn't. Wow. Have you ever not sliced your driver? No, I haven't. That that I didn't hit one single slice with my driver. And you know why that is? Because it's a Callaway Big Bertha. Well, it's a. It's, I don't think you have a Big Bertha. You have a Callaway. Uh, what do you got? Uh, Apex. Something. Is that a? Was that a driver? No, not Apex. Apex are iron. You got a. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. I don't. I can't remember which one you got. But it's not. There's not. It's not a Big Bertha. You got a. Of something, a flash or something. Oh, Epic, epic something Flash, like yeah. Yeah, Epic yeah. Flash Driver. Okay, so here's the deal. You're a tall uh, fella, uh, 6'3", right? Yes. Okay. So when you're 6'3", your clubs need to be more upright. And what that means is the toe of the club comes up in the air more relative to the heel. So that the angle from the shaft of the club is more acute it's steeper okay if you don't have clubs that fit you what happens is is the toe is down too much and when the toe is down too much the club face points to the right if you're a right-handed player so automatically if you use clubs that are too flat for you you are going to have a tendency to miss the ball to the right that's one of the factors the second factor is is i don't know what you were using in terms of loft, but it probably wasn't enough. Most people have a tendency to slice the ball to the right. They hit the ball high into the right. The club face is open. When the club face is open, the ball goes higher. Their first instinct is to de-loft the club, get a club with less loft so they don't hit it so high. The problem is, is when you do that, you're going to slice it worse. And with, with the driver I got you, I made sure it was upright enough. There's an adjustment you can make. So I set it on a more upright adjustment. I also gave you more loft. I, don't, I can't remember exactly how I set up. I may have even, even added a little bit of extra loft to it. And that closes the face a little bit. And you've got a weight on the back of the club that you can move around and you can adjust that weight to help you also with the, with the slice. So, so bottom line is, I don't, think, I don't think people really understand this or believe it, but the adjustable drivers can cre- they can correct up to 40 yards of of slice or or hook or whatever it is you know whatever your your ball flight mistake is and for the first time you have a driver that fits you so that's that's really why it's made uh, such a such a difference uh, that that that's number 1 it was a huge difference Hank and I saw it on hole number 1 so hole number 1 it's a par 5 um first hole and there's a little okay, bunker good, on Good the, to have a par five on the first hole because you get people out on the golf course. You can fit three groups on a, uh, you know, one on the tee, one on the fairway. 
Another one waiting for, th- I mean, you know, theoretically, you got like four groups out there, but you, you're the first hole, you get a lot of people out on the golf course. Nice to have a, a par five on either number one or two to get the uh, flow going on the golf course. So that's a, that's a good thing at Shadowbrook. Yeah, yep. They have they have a par five on number one and number ten, so people can go off the back nine off a of par five as well. Um, same same deal. Um, but anyway, back to your driver comment. There's a bunk fairway bunker on hole number one, just right of the fairway. And normally okay. I end up about I would say fifteen to twenty yards short of that bunker. And keep really? in mind, I didn't have any range session. I didn't take two drives. First drive. Is the driving range open at Shadowbrook? Yes, it is. Okay. I didn't do it. I just went straight to the first tee, went with confidence, had my ebbs and flows, strut my stuff onto that first tee. <laughs> what is this ebbs and flows you always talk about? I don't know. Nota Begay always mentions it, so it seems <laughs> it seems like a good thing to say. <laughs> doesn't mean anything, does it? Okay. I don't know. It, it, it makes me sound smart. Okay. All right. All right. It makes you sound like you're on the golf channel. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so I drove I drove my first ball past that bunker. You've never been past it before? I've been in it like before, but I'm normally short of it. Keep in mind it's wow. my first swing. That's especially uh, especially good considering the fact that it, you know in the spring, typically the golf courses are softer, the ball's not going to roll as far. Also, it's a little cooler, and no matter what the temperature was, it's not it's not the heat of the summer. You lose two and a half yards every ten degrees in temperature change. So as the, as the temperature goes up and the humidity goes up, the ball travels farther. And so to hit your longest drive on the first uh, time out in you know uh, April, that's uh, that's saying a lot right there. That's mm-hmm. that's saying a real lot. Yeah, I was booming my drive, so it was nice. Booming. Booming. Were you, were, you, uh, were you social distancing? I was, yeah. I was by myself. Who would you play with? Cousin? No, Mom? I played by myself. Played all by yourself? Played all by myself. 18 holes walking. Wow. Did you count them all? Did you count all your strokes? Yeah, I did. What did you shoot? I shot a 92. Okay, not bad. What do you usually shoot? Um, Normally, first round of the year, I'm in the high 90s. Okay, so that was a very good thing. Yeah, very good. What well, did you, you focus on trying to two putt every hole? Because you've been listening to me for uh, how many years? Yes, I have been focused. I was focusing on two putting every hole. Um, the the uh, Callaway putter with the the grip that you put on it, the super stroke grip or whatever, that was super yeah. nice. That was super helpful. Um, because my past putter was just a complete brick. Like it had no <laughs> touch, nothing. Brick putter, huh? Yeah, it was a brick. Just unbelievable. You. I, I, you know, I could, I should have went out there with the bricks before instead of. So you like the bigger, you like the bigger grip. Very nice. Soft, soft. You can feel it. I had the feels out there, Hank. I had the feels. (laughs) Okay. Let me ask you a very serious question right now. Okay. Do you know what I'm probably going to ask you? What feels are? No. How many penalty shots I had? Did you fluff your lies up? Did you fluff (laughs) your lie up? Like you told me you did in the past. Did you fluff your lie? And even any, did you fluff? You're playing all by yourself. Tell the truth. Did you fluff any lies? I did not fluff more than two lies. So you fluffed two. <laughs> yes. Why did you fluff those two? Explain it to me. You didn't think anybody was watching or what? You didn't think I was going to ask you? <laughs> no, I, I knew it was coming, but I'm being honest. I could have easily okay. lied about it. I yeah, well, that's, I'm, I'm proud of you for not lying. Yeah, you should be proud of okay, that. Okay, you, you could say, you know, it's the spring and the golf course isn't in the best of shape, uh, you know, but what what was your excuse? What, what, what are the two situations where you felt like it necessary to fluff your lie? So when I drove it down the middle of the fairway, as I often did, um, okay. that's when it happened. There, was, My ball was kind of on a downward lie so there was a little slant in the fairway um and there was a little dirt there so i would i instead of moving it forward past the hill i just moved it back like an inch or two to get it on some clean grass get it off the dirt get it off that downhill slant in the fairway it was basically like a lift clean and replace that a lot of people want Uh, those rules in place in in, uh, Minnesota right now at Shadowbrook Golf Course? Is that how they're playing it? No, no, that's not. But, you know, I enact my own rules. Oh, all right. Well, that's that's not 
well, it's not good, but it's not terrible because it was, you know, it's the spring and the golf course is just coming along. What, what was your other situation? You didn't, you didn't like the lie that you felt it necessary to fluff it. It was the same situation twice. You don't like downhill lies, do you? No, they suck. Why do you not like downhill lies? So this is the perfect situation. Okay, so hole number ten off the back nine. Um, there were some people in front of me, and they wanted me to go um, past them. They were taking their okay. time looking for a lost ball. I drove it right down the center of the fairway. Oh, I was so proud because when there's people watching, there becomes that extra pressure to make sure. Yeah, you put does a that good that one. makes you nervous? I, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, well, no, there's no, that's true. It does. Doesn't make you yeah. nervous, so right. So, but anyway, I, I I didn't choke under the pressure. I put it right down the middle of the fairway. Okay. And I had a downhill lie, and I had to move it back a little bit. That was one of the. Did they plus. see you do that? Ah, uh, they weren't really paying attention. But then my next shot was like a hundred and twenty-five yard grounder with my three wood. So after you fluffed it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you just hit a grounder without fluffing it? <laughs> well, it was it was on it was still on a downward lie. It was still You downward. don't like downhill lies. Okay, you want a little downhill lie advice? Yeah. Okay. You want to you want to treat every lie as if it as if it's a level lie. So what you have to do is you have to tilt your body with the slope. So if the slope is downhill, you tilt your your body with the slope as if you're standing level to the ground that you're on. Not level to the horizon, not level to the ground that you're shooting at, but level to the ground that you're on. Now, when you set up to the ball, you're right-handed player. So your right, your right shoulder is always going to be lower because your right hand's lower on the grip. So your right shoulder's a, a couple inches lower. The problem that people have on downhill lies is they set up kind of with a, a normal uh, setup like they would from a flat line in the fairway, but because of the slope of the ground, uh, it, it causes them to swing and, and, and either, you know, hit behind the ball, which is the most common because they're trying to actually lift the ball up in the air, uh, it, you know, and, and what, or they'll, they'll miss the ground and they'll catch the ball in the upswing and they'll, they'll catch the top of it. So what you have to do is tilt your body with the slope. And the idea is you're always swinging in the uh, downhill eye, you're swinging up the slope and then back down the slope. You actually should have, your swing's a little bit out to in. It actually should be a, a perfect swing for a downhill eye. My guess is you're just not getting your setup right. You got to tilt your body down the slope a little bit, like angle angle yourself down the slope. Your right shoulder is still slightly lower relative to, to your left, but the whole thing, your whole body needs to tilt with the, with the angle of the, of the ground. And if you do, and then take a practice swing to gauge whether or not you're hitting in the right spot or not. Make sure you always take a practice swing when you're on a uh, downhill lie, uphill lie, side hill lie. Because then you can tell whether you need to maybe adjust your setup a little bit more, tilt more down the slope if you hit behind it. Or if you hit too much in front of it, then maybe you've overdone a little bit with the, with the tilting of the body down the slope. Next time, try that, all right? Okay, you you, meant a great, you mentioned just a great point right there, Hank, about the practice swing. And yeah. this is something that I always struggle with, and this is something that I guarantee these listeners struggle with. So they take a practice swing, right? And, they're, and, and it's just a smooth pick off the grass. And mm -hmm. the immediate thought that goes into my mind. Not always, but sometimes. Right. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes. But and the immediate thought that goes into my mind and the listener's mind is like, damn it. I wish that was the one that I struck the ball with. Yeah, well, you can't you can't play that game. You got to just you, you, you need to take a practice swing, especially on uneven lies. So you can you can gauge your setup for the slope. If you make a good swing, you got to just tell yourself, OK, that was good. Let's just repeat what I just did right there. Same thing. You can't. You can't be like uh, you're the Mister Positive guy. You can't. You can't be uh, thinking, "Oh, I wasted my good swing on a practice swing." Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but then overthinking becomes involved because the practice swing is like a practice. What are you, what are you swing. overthinking? You don't have anything to think about, anyways. What do you? What do you? What? What, what were your? What was your swing thought? My swing thought uh, off the yeah, team. You didn't have one. No, I had a swing thought for sure. Okay, what was your swing thought? So my swing thought is that in the past, my backswing doesn't get very far back. So okay. I went with one of your tips that you gave me. I okay. tried to open up my right shoulder in the backswing while keeping my left shoulder basically still, stopping my left shoulder but opening my right shoulder to get the club further in the backswing and then generate a longer backswing and more power. 
Okay. Well, that's, in other words, you're trying to turn your shoulders more. Is that what you're describing? Yes. Okay. It's a weird way to say it, but, but you're trying to turn your shoulders more. When you have the ball on a downhill eye, trying to get the golf club more in behind you to the inside, an emphasis on more backswing turn is not a good thing to do. Because what happens is you turn back and then you end up running into the slope uh, with your with your club on the downswing. You actually want to focus on a downhill lie. Your big focus needs to be on making sure you turn through the golf ball, that you finish through the golf ball. That, that's, the, that's the main focus. Swing up the slope, swing down the slope. And it's okay if you're a little bit uh, out to in because it's, it's much easier on a downhill lie to cut the ball. The reason that I gave you the tip I did is because your tendency is to swing a little bit across the ball. And if you'll get the club back a little bit more around you and to the inside, it'll be easier for you to feel like you're swinging out to the right a little bit, which is, you know, great overall advice for you, but maybe not what you need to think about on a downhill lie. I think that's why you, that's why you had trouble on those two downhill lies. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So on downhill lies next time, make sure, make sure you finish through the shot. That's, that's, uh, that's the key for you. All right. So that's your lesson for today. What, what, uh, did you ride, walk, uh, carry your clubs? What did you do? I carried my clubs for 18. Okay. How'd that feel? Pretty good. Yeah. You it felt nice. Card? Why don't you just take a pull cart? Well, pull carts are a big thing right now. Do you know that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even see them. And then I got back to the clubhouse and then they were right there in front of me. So I missed it. I tried a pull cart out the other day. My gosh, this one uh, is phenomenal. I tried out there. You know, they got a whole bunch of different ones. But man, I tried uh, one out. It was incredible. But people, you know, pull cart sales are up like eight hundred percent. With the social distancing deal, everybody's walking and staying by themselves, and the pull cart business is. Boom. That's one of the things that's booming. I think pull carts and and bicycle shops or bicycles. I, I can't believe, I don't know if it's the same way around where you are, but uh, in Scottsdale, like everybody riding up and down the street on bicycles. You go by a bicycle shop, every one of them sold out. They're, they're still open because they really deemed them essential businesses. But you got that in Minnesota, a lot of bike riders or not? Yeah, a lot of bike riders. A lot of guys with their shirt off, they're pulling the Minnesota Tim Parashka on me. <laughs> shirt off? Yeah, a lot of people are biking outside with their shirt off. I'm like, what, getting a tan? Is that what they're doing? Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I mean, is that is that your program too? Do you do that? Uh sometimes when I run, I like to do that. Oh wow. Okay. I have a pretty good body. <laughs> oh my God, you're a beauty. Oh my gosh. All right, we'll take a break on that one. Uh we'll be right back on the Hank Kitty Podcast. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Tim. Uh, hey, what's new on the uh, coronavirus in Minnesota? Things opening up or what's the deal? Yeah, we got some positive um, things to talk about, Hank. So some non-essential businesses are opening on Monday, April 27th. So um, we're starting to see positive momentum. And, and not only in Minnesota, um, Texas, Oregon, some schools, Georgia, they're, they're basically almost all open. Um, so a lot of positive positivity in Minnesota, a lot of positivity around around the nation, really. Do you think it's your sign you held up? Ah you would you would have you would be an idiot not to consider how impactful <laughs> that sign was. The sign is when you stood on the street corner with a sign and said honk, uh honk for uplifting or something like that. I forget what it said exactly. Of course, smile and uplift, life is a gift. Come on. Oh, I like that. That's good. All right. Yeah. Well, I agree. I think things are maybe looking up a little bit, hopefully. Uh, the golf world is is uh, thinking about getting back going. It's it's interesting some of the uh, thoughts that they've got of what's going to happen. Have you, have you seen some of this? Uh, they're talking about having no rakes in the bunkers. And I, I saw I saw one of the players, Scott Stallings, you know, made this comment. He says. Nobody's going to – guys are not going to play for their livelihood with no rakes in a bunker. I mean, like, <laughs> really? Uh, you don't think you, you, a fella couldn't go out and play without a rake in a bunker? I guess he, he doesn't want somebody smooth it out with his foot. I mean, there's ways around that, though. They can just get somebody – one guy on each hole to, to, you know, be the bunker raker. Maybe that doesn't seem like that's a, a, a big deal. But there's going to be other stuff. They might, you know, they might have to do putt with the flag stick in. And which is already the rule anyways, but some guys don't do it. A lot of guys don't do it on their short putts for sure. That'll be interesting to see if, if that happens. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if it, it really does go down, you know, if golf gets gets started back up. But we'll see. Maybe they'll get that gizmo. Did you see that gizmo that gets the ball out of the cup? I didn't see that, no. Yeah, there's a, like a gizmo. It's like it's this thing sticks in the bottom of the cup, and then it attaches to the pin, and you push down on it, and the thing pops up and, and pops the ball out of the cup, basically, is what, what it does. That's a creative idea. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. I haven't seen a course that had it, but I, I saw the little you know pitch on it. What I saw is that um, some of these pins had a little uh, latch on the side of it, and then yeah. people lift. People use their putter to lift up that little latch, and then it yeah, lifted yeah. up the ball. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. What what is the uh, what did you what did they have at Shadowbrook? Um, they didn't have that. They had little um, little like round plastic things around the hole, so the okay. ball didn't even go into the hole. But you just had to hit that plastic thing. And then it bounced off, and then you picked okay. it up and went. And if you hit the plastic thing, it counts for being in. Right. Did you change your strategy because of that? No, not at all. No. I mean, you didn't try to hit it extra hard just to ding it off the plastic and, and count it? No, not at all. You had to be realistic. I mean, come on. Well, I'm just asking. Just asking. Yeah. I mean, I follow the rules, Hank. Straight you to the You do not tee. follow the rules. You're a fluffer. I got a you fluff your line. rule fluff, book in my pocket. You fluff your downhill. You're... you're you're down to only downhill lies, but you do fluff your lie. I have a USGA rules book in my pocket. I called up Mike <laughs> Davis. I said, is fluffing illegal or is it not illegal? And he said, it's all about what the course. No, I, you must have been talking to the fake Mike Davis because Mike Davis, when he played last year at the AT&T tournament at Pebble Beach, uh, the conditions were so wet. It was swamped out there. And they were playing lift, clean, in place. The whole field was. He was uh, partners with the pro. I don't know. I forget who the pro was he was playing with. Uh, this is Mike Davis, the dictator of golf from the USGA. And he was the only player in the field that said, no, I'm going to play uh, play it down. I'm not going to touch the ball. And he didn't even improve his lie when everybody else was. 
So for sure you didn't talk to him. You must have been talking to fake Mike Davis. The dictator of golf, Mike Davis. <laughs> yep, that brings back a memory right there. For sure. All right, hey, what did you uh did you happen to watch the last dance? I did watch the last Michael dance. Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan, Dennis 1998 Rodman. season, uh, episodes three and four. Now, you were kind of down on the last dance the last week. You said it was no good. I didn't say it was no good. What did you said, say? I said a lot of it was a review of what I've already watched in the past. Well, I mean, that's that's you, but uh, you can't review it enough if it's Michael Jordan. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. What a what a show. What a documentary. It's incredible. I mean, come on. You got to be you got to be honest and change your tune right now. That was that is greatness. Greatness. Yeah, it's pretty good. No, you don't think it's any good, huh? No, I didn't say that. I said it's oh pretty good. Uh, I said your it's pretty good. Is, I, I think it's phenomenal. My gosh. Oh, geez. Last uh, last night they had the Rodman episode. That was so that was that was incredible. He went on the vacation. In Vegas. <laughs> Vegas vacation. 48 hours. He asked. He, he said he was worn out from playing so hard when Scottie Pippen was out with his injury. This is the last the documentary in the last season of the Chicago Bulls when they're all together. And Rodman kind of kept the team together. They got off to a real bad start. Rodman kept the team together. According to Phil Jackson, he's the one that really kept them going. Of course, they could always count on Michael, but the, but Rodman kept them going. And then Pippen came back, and, and Rodman decided he needed a vacation. And he asked uh, Phil Jackson, "Can I go on a vacation?" And Phil Jackson, of course, he had to. He didn't go ask the management, which you know he didn't get along with anyways. The management. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, Jerry Krause, the, the general manager, he went and, he went and talked to Michael and said, uh, Dennis needs a vacation. And Michael Michael's response was classic, wasn't it? I mean, it was unbelievable. He goes, he goes, he, well, he needs a vacation. If anybody needs a vacation, it's me. And then they negotiated down to 48 hours in Las Vegas. I don't remember this. I mean, I was a huge Bulls fan, but it, it, Dennis shows up in Las Vegas for his 48-hour vacation. And he was just rocking and ready to go. And they showed him all in, in, in Vegas and everything. I guess the they were documenting the last season of the Bulls that went before it all got broken up. Well, they must have sent the, the obviously they sent the film crews to hang out with Dennis, but that was uh that was pretty good stuff. I mean, I liked it. I, I mean I thought it was it was fantastic. What what did you think? What I, what I really thought was important about these episodes is that it, it obviously detailed Rodman's craziness. But it also detailed his insane athletic ability and his ability to basically flip a switch when it was time to flip a switch. When it was time to play, Rodman was great. And he had a he had a separate place where he could go and escape from that. Um, but the story that they shared in in episodes three and four, I believe it was episode four, or uh, I don't remember. Episodes three and four is that Rodman went to Vegas and then Phil created a team practice for Rodman to get in shape. So the players ran around in a circle, ran around in a circle, and um, the leader controlled the pace. Well, then when it was Rodman's turn to control the pace, none of the players could catch up to him because he was so much faster than him. It took four laps around the court, Michael Jordan said, to catch up to Rodman because he was just that fast. Well, Michael told everybody to slow down because he, he he was all he was all pissed off that he he said I got now I got to be in in uh, you know participating in in uh, Rodman's you know, getting shape uh, practice. So what what did I do wrong? But that was that was you know, he was kind of half laughing when he said it. But, but yeah, Rodman was was they had to go get him. Michael went and got him out of his his hotel room somewhere because he didn't show I, the forty eight hours that he didn't adhere to the forty eight hours. It took him like another day or two to come back after after that but when he came back man he was on fire the other thing that that I picked up on that whole thing with Rodman is is that he was such a smart player just studied he studied see guys like him they don't they don't let you know how much they study he he studied so much he got those rebounds because of effort 
and because of the fact that he he studied so much and he knew that when this guy shoots from here and if it hits this part of the rim, the ball's going over here. If it hits from here, it's going over there. If this guy's going to miss this shot, the likelihood is it's a 75% chance the rebound's going to be in this direction. And he was just smarter than than other players with, with that regard. He studied a lot about everybody's uh, offensive uh, characteristics so that he could be be a better defender. Michael Jordan said he was the smartest player he ever played with. I mean, that's pretty high accolades, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. but the, the thing that stood out to me, and it's, it's, well, there's a few things that are standing out to me in the last dance. First off, I love it. I can't wait till next Sunday when the next two episodes uh, air. But Scottie Pippen got screwed. I mean, that was just, geez. The the owner Reinsdorf and the general manager Jerry Krause they just come across as being such jerks. My gosh. I mean, you know, Pippen signed a contract. I get it, but man, they just they just hosed him. And they didn't mind doing it. I, I that just that just struck me the wrong way. I understand a deal's a deal, contract's a contract, but I don't care. I think he got he got hosed. That's that's standing out. But the other thing, well, you know, obviously the competitiveness of Michael Jordan, the greatness of Michael Jordan is just unsurpassed. The guy's uh, the guy's unbelievable. It's just incredible. But Phil Jackson, what a coach. Oh, my gosh. What a coach. You know, I mean, he had a great he had a great system. I don't know. What do you think of that triangle offense thing they, they have? What do you, you, yeah, you're a big basketball guy, Tim. You like the triangle offense? Yeah, the triangle offense is great. Um, a lot of people rip it in 2020. Um, but why? Why do they do? Why do they rip it? They rip it because they don't feel like it is up to par with 2020 offenses. But the problem is with those people that rip it. The the triangle offense is another. It's it's another word for having spacing on offense. It's a motion offense with space. Um, right. It's like a socially, I, I read this somewhere. It's a socially distance offense where you have players away from each other. And I mean, if you, if you look at it, Jordan before Phil Jackson, he had, a, he, he made it to the Eastern conference finals, but he didn't trust his teammates and Phil Jackson put into Michael Jordan, the fact that he needs to trust the players around him. And sure enough, the first championship that they won, Jordan trusts Paxson in the 1991 finals versus the Lakers, and Paxson drilled all these three-pointers. And the triangle offense was great for Jordan because it gave him space and it gave him an ability to dish it out to guys that would be in the right spot to score. Yeah. Before that, Michael was just one. It just it, it was like uh, when they had Doug Collins was a coach of the Bulls. Yeah, it, I, I like that one. He, he said, "What was uh, what was your play?" He says, uh, "Give it to Michael and get the fuck out of the way." That was the, that was the name of their play. Right. <laughs> it's a pretty good play when you have Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. But but that's exactly what Phil Jackson. I mean, he did that at the end of games. Yes. But that's the, that's the exact kind of offense that Phil Jackson um, was trying to get rid of with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Jordan scored less under Phil Jackson, and they won championships. I didn't know that Phil Jackson had 20 years of never losing season, and the second best is Casey Jones at 10 years. Did you know that for a coach? I, I did not know Casey Jones, no. Man, that's pretty, that, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I related to the coaching part because, you know, having coached touring professionals for 35 years, you know, and, and when I see where coaching is today in golf, there's so many coaches, teachers, whatever you want to call them, that are so into their philosophy or whatever they think their technical philosophy is. And I mean, I'm sure there's great ones out there and you know, everybody's got a philosophy, and I don't know how much different different the philosophies really are. I mean, are, are you know, I don't I don't know how different philosophies are really in in basketball or football or anything else. 
But the ability to get through to players and to mesh a group of individuals together as a team. I mean, in golf, you've just you just got the the one person that you're coaching. You know, that's your your team, you and you and him. I mean, that's that's really all all it is. We get the caddy too, but but it's really just getting the player to buy into what you're you're coaching. But I've always thought, I mean, the most important part about coaching golf, you know, for me over the years has been the ability to communicate and to get people to do what you want them to do. I mean, you can have an idea in your mind of what somebody needs to do. Every coach in golf that walks up and down the driving range, looks over, sees somebody swings, and you immediately think, you know, like I told you with your swing, you need to, you need to, you know, get it around a little more and swing it out to the right a little more because you're across it a little bit. As soon as, as I take a look at somebody's swing, one time, just out of the corner of my eye, it doesn't matter if it's a touring pro or whatever, an amateur, a beginner, I don't care what it is. I, I look at that swing and immediately I'm thinking to myself, okay, this guy needs to do this, 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 you know, these are, this, is what, this is what he needs, a little more of this, a little more of that. I immediately think that. And I've always thought, okay, that is the simple part about coaching. I think people make too much out of that. I, I don't think that part of the, you know, coaching deal is 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 that much different from from coach to coach. I really don't. The difference is, is can you get them to do it? Can you get how can you get them get them to do it? I was talking to somebody the other day about you know, we were at dinner, my wife and I, and the guy was asking me about coaching Tiger. And, you know, and he asked me what was the hardest part. I said, what well, hardest part was trying to figure out how I was going to make everything his idea. You know, I mean, the, the hardest part was not drawing up plays or picking out the starting lineup for Phil Jackson or whatever, you know, the substitutions or whatever. That's not, that wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part was mixing that all together and keeping that team together. And especially with everything they were dealing with from the management side in the last season. And I get it. I mean, they had Michael Jordan, they had Scottie Pippen, you know, and they had other great players too. But you still got to put it all together. I mean, Rodman was was a, a handful, but not for Phil Jackson. I mean, just the fact that Rodman was not a handful for Phil Jackson is amazing. I mean, I, I, I'm coming out of this last dance with with such an incredible respect for Phil Jackson. I mean, people, you know, in the past, were like, well, you know, you had Michael Jordan, you had, you know, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, you had Kobe Bryant, Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, but there's a lot of personalities there, a lot of them, you know, and Rodman right there with the Bulls. I mean, it, 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 I, I just think the guy was, you know, just absolutely, well, his record speaks for itself, but. Yeah, I mean, he's just unbelievable coach, unbelievable, just crazy good. Yeah, and you make a good point, Hank. A lot of people want to criticize Phil Jackson because he arguably had the two greatest players ever on his team, Shaq, Pippen, and everything. But find me a coach that has one of the has a bunch of championships, has a bunch of major championships or whatever with a player in any sport um, that didn't have great players. Yeah, well, exactly. There you go. There you go. Uh, Do you see what Steve Kerr said about uh, Phil Jackson? Or Steve Kerr is a heck of a coach too. Now he played on those you know teams with Michael. But he said, "I never met a coach that that was uh, that different and genuine when it came to bringing the group together." And that's a that's a heck of a compliment from an incredible coach himself. And in, in, in Steve Kerr, boy, oh boy. I love that show, man. I think if you if, if if people haven't seen that, you are you are missing something. I mean, if you're just a fan of basketball, forget about basketball, just sports, anything. I mean, just a fan of coaching. I mean, trying to improve. How about how about how the, the Bulls just got the crap beat on them by the Pistons, and then they that one summer they you know whatever it was like 1990 and they just said okay that's it we're, we're and then the next thing you know everybody's in the gym working out and michael's like i'm tired of getting beat up i'm gonna administer some pain and he you know all of a sudden he, he wasn't the skinny kid anymore boy yeah 
What dedication. I mean. Yeah, the entire team worked out together that entire summer. Yeah, that was cool. That was really good. Really, 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 really good stuff. I mean, I, I'm enjoying that so much. All right, let's take another another break. I uh, hear from our sponsors, including Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Speaking of uh, pain, yeah, you know, like if you happen to be playing basketball and you're getting beat up in the inside, like the the Pistons were beating up the Bulls. Boy, just think what they would have done if they'd had Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Great product. You got to check it out. You can get a free two week supply. Just go to VoodooPainRelief.com. You've heard me talk about it many times. If you haven't tried it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for because you can get a free two-week supply. Just go to the website, click on the box right on the front page, free two-week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Read the testimonials while you're there at VoodooPainRelief.com and you will understand what I'm talking about because people just rave about the results they get from Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Check it out, VoodooPainRelief.com. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Minnesota Tim. Uh, we need an update, by the way. Uh, how are you coming along with uh, your new uh, girlfriend, Skype Babe? Uh, I call her Skype Babe because you've only met her on Skype. Yeah, you've never really had a face-to-face meeting with this girl, but you think so, you're pretty sure. I can tell by the way you talk that this could be the one, and uh, possible barn wedding coming in uh, maybe December. A nice and cold in Minnesota be perfect for a barn wedding. And uh, your Skype babe, what what's uh, what, what's the status here? How are you doing with her? Oh, we're doing good, Hank. We um we met up on a Sunday afternoon after church. Pers- a Skype again or person to person? Person to person at a party. Oh my gosh. Seriously, were you nervous? I was nervous, yes. I was were so you, hyped you, up what all did you day. Do? Did you wear holy jeans or did you have like nice jeans? What, what, <laughs> no, what, what, I had my best pair hair? of did jeans. You, did, did you take a shower? Did you, you know, because sometimes you don't take showers. Did you shave? What did you do? Would you wear that goofy hat of yours? I elevated my game, clean shaven, home ca- uh, <laughs> hair combed. Um, oh, really? Best jeans. Don't you think that's kind of pulling the wool over her eyes a little bit? No, no, no. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, it's so you, were, you, were, you were presented your best, you, you came with your best shot. Of course, yeah. How do you feel like you did? I feel good. She texted me an hour after our date. Okay, so that's a good, good thing. See, yeah. I told you that was a good thing. You, you, you poo-pooed that when I, uh, months back when I told you that was a key thing, but yeah. anyway, now you're, now you're kind of on board with it, I think. Yeah. She, she had, so we were playing football. We went for a you're walk. You're playing football? Yeah, we were playing football. You went, this is the first time you, you have met this girl person to person and you went to play football? Well, we went for a walk first. I brought a football with so we could play catch. 
you brought a football on your walk. Yes. Like an NFL, like football, <laughs> like the Duke. I mean, what did you bring? No, it was a little junior football. Junior football. Yeah. Where'd you get the junior football? You just happen to have it sitting around? Yeah, we, I've had that forever. Okay. You Great brought football. the junior football. Why? Did you, had you guys talked about how you, you want to check out your arm a little or what? what yeah. How, how, do you, yep. how do you bring a football on your first date? I don't This is a little <laughs> weird. Well, the thing is here, Hank, that she's a four-time powder puff football champion in high school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What's that? Four-time powder puff? What, what does that mean? What's a powder puff? Powder puff football is when the girls in the class play football and the, the guys play volleyball and the girls play football. And oh, she's wow. a four-time Powderpuff football champion. It's just one weekend. Did out you of the tell year. her you're a, a treading water state champion? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. Well, I just uh, thought you might want to thought you could thought you might want to slip that in because that's a pretty big uh, honor. You, you you know, nice ribbon you own, a trophy, yeah. whatever you got for that. Yeah, and she was definitely a four-time Powderpuff football champion. She was, was she the, the quarterback on the Powderpuffs? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Can she wing it? Yeah. Yeah, we were running routes. We were running timing routes. I was doing butt hooks. I was doing slants. I was doing toe drags on the sideline. And she was striking it in my chest every single time. I was oh even my doing gosh. go my routes. Wife Suzanne, like, my wife, Suzanne, can throw a football like like you can't believe. Maybe her and Skype Babe could have a little uh, uh, punt pass and kick uh, competition yeah. or something. Yeah, she also punted it. And she put it just, she bombed it. I just couldn't believe it. I was like. Really? So I was, you know, wow, I was she's an awe. athlete. She's yeah. an athlete. Did you, yeah. did she show you up? I mean, do you feel like she had a little more arm than you did? I mean, what, how did I, I mean, what, what about it? She's definitely more accurate than I am. And she definitely really? has oh, wow. a huge arm, but hey, Jeez, you think that's good or bad? Do you think it's that's great? great I love it. It's great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was in awe of her greatness. She's the goat. It's a good sign. If you, you know, you pop out a miniature, that's a good sign. Yeah. But here's the deal, Hank. I have a huge arm. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, I don't like, do. and I don't like to show it off. And she's definitely <laughs> more accurate than I am. You're but, very confident in your athletic ability. Uh, I'm pretty athletic. Okay. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a huge arm. Oh, huge arm. Huge arm. I'll, I'll, I'll six, three buck 50 of you. Yeah. I could just flick it and it just goes. You flick it and it goes. I Where flick does it, it go? and it goes. Your, it your, goes. Accuracy, your accuracy is not that good though. No, the accuracy is not very like, good. Like Patrick Mahomes' arm, kind of like? What do you got? Uh, a little better than his, maybe? <laughs> no. <laughs> not quite Patrick <laughs> Mahomes' level, um, but I can flick it. I can flick it. You can? Yeah. All right. I'm like Terry Bradshaw. Did she catch your your passes? Did you catch hers? Or what? Who, who was the better uh, – who had better hands? Uh, she caught all my passes, but, um, I have great hands. So. This is a very weird conversation. You realize this is the first time you've met this girl in person and you go and you, you, you bring a football with you on a walk and you end up running routes. What are you, or did you go to a stadium somewhere or what, what do you mean? You're toe dragging on the sidelines. You have an imaginary <laughs> side. Where were you on the field? I mean, you went to a high school field somewhere, or no. Hollywood Hills, Hollywood, uh, <laughs> township, uh, whatever. What, what's the name of your high school you went to? Watertown Mayor. Okay, water. You went to Watertown. Did you go to the field? No, we went to. We just went to a park. I took off my long sleeve t shirt, put it on the grass, and then that you was the sideline. No, I had a t shirt on. I had a white tee on. Okay. I had a white had, tee on. You took and off she, one t shirt. You had double t shirts gone? Yeah, I had like a long sleeve t shirt over my white tee, and I used that long sleeve t shirt as the out of bounds. I thought, you, I, I thought I saw a picture of you. You had like a, a, a plaid uh, picnic shirt on. Yeah, that was nice. Well, what, is that the long sleeve T-shirt you're talking about? Yes. Well, well, it's not a T-shirt. That was a shirt. Long sleeve T-shirt. Yeah. It's not a T-shirt. A T-shirt has no buttons, bud. Well, whatever. Long sleeve shirt. Okay. Oh, you're just confusing me. I thought it must <laughs> okay. have been a different day or something. Did you wear shoes? Because the picture I saw, you didn't have any shoes on. Did you wear shoes on your date? I was wearing shoes. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. The picture was before the date at our house. Okay. I had to show you and Steve how what elevation looks like. <laughs> did Steve approve of it? Yeah, he did. Huh? What, uh, here's an important question. Do you think you guys are going to have another date? Absolutely. We we were texting the rest of the day. Um, oh, it was wow. her birth. It's her birthday on Monday. Ah, oh, um, happy birthday, Skype, babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When's she going to be birthday. on the show? You going to have to be on the show yet? 
Uh, I want to interview her. Not I want to interview her. Not yet. Tell her we want her on the show. Steve and I will interview her. We won't <laughs> say anything bad. We'll, I promise yeah. we won't say anything bad. You're going to make fun of me. No, I promise we won't. I promise we'll, we'll, we'll keep it very good. We'll very positive. It'll be uplifting and it'll be uh, perfect for you. It'll help you. <laughs> I guarantee it'll help you. All right. I, mean, I had a little slip up that one time in costume, but I mean, that was just one. <laughs> I'll look into fun. it. I'll look into okay. it. All right. Okay. Good. All right. Well, it sounds good. I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, what, what, what sport activity you got for next, uh, next outing with Skype, babe? Oh, a horse game for sure. A horse game. This yeah. girl sounds like a, she's a, a, a jock. Yeah, she's good. Wow. That's good. Horse game. Hmm. You got a What's your go-to shot in horse? You got a, a shot that'll mess her up like around the back <laughs> or over the neck or you know, backwards, the back to the basket, uh, you know, behind the backboard. What do you got? Bank shot. I mean, what, what's your, what's your go-to shot if you're in trouble? If you're down in horse, what do you go with? I'm behind the backboard. Oh, you, behind, you go behind the backboard for the trick shot. Yep. That's your, that's your go-to one. Absolutely. Do you go to that repeatedly to wear a person out or do you just stick with it? Uh, I go, I go to it every once in a while. I don't always use it. Um, it's, it's kind of like my safety net. I used to play horse with tiger. We, we, we would shoot baskets at Owlworth. They have a, 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 actually a basketball hoop inside the clubhouse at Owlworth. And every day would, when we'd be in between practice and we'd go in there, we'd order lunch while we're waiting for lunch, we would go and play a game of horse. And, oh my gosh, he is a competitor. Like Michael Jordan, you know, I was reading about how him and Michael Jordan are, you know, incredible, you know, the two greatest competitors. I don't know. I mean, it probably is, but we used to shoot horse and uh, Tiger would go back to the behind the three point line. Okay. With his strength and everything, he would, you know, I couldn't barely throw it that far. He'd take it to where I couldn't even get it there. And then he would shoot that shot. But whenever it was my shot, I would go straight to the free throw line. And I would just shoot free throw after free throw after free throw after. I just didn't shoot anything but free throws, free throw, free Because I knew I could hit like 90% of them. And he was he was good, but he was only hitting like, you know, 80% or 75%. I just wear him out there at the free throw line. Oh, yeah. That was my go-to right there. Work like money, too. <laughs> oh, and he didn't like it. Oh, and it pissed him off. I go right to the free throw line. You went, but you go behind the basket. Trick shot. Yep. All right. Wednesday, you got a game schedule? Oh, uh, not yet. No. All right. You got a good court you can go to? Oh, uh, we'll find one somewhere. You just go. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm looking forward to, to hearing the update on that. The football went good. Uh, the uh, we'll see how the bat. You, you, does she know basketball is your sport? Oh yeah. Really? You're an assist guy though. Yep, I'm the pastor. I told her that. Okay. Well, maybe you'll pass to her and she'll shoot. She's the powder puff champion. Yeah. Skype babe. All right. Good stuff. I'm glad we got the, got a little update on that. And that's, I'm glad you're doing good. And I'm proud of you. It sounds like you really did good. Really good. Thank you. Things are looking up. All right. Get her on the show. We want to interview her. Okay. All right. As soon as possible. That would be good. I think you should ask her and that would be that would be good. All right. Follow me on Twitter at Hank Haney. Email your questions to HankHaneyGoff at Outlook.com. And make sure you hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit the follow button and we'll be there every day with the Hank Haney Podcast. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Hank Haney Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.